when the war started, uh, as you mentioned, one month into the role, I did not expect this is going to happen like all Ukrainians, I think. And the interesting thing is that my team, actually, when I was connecting with them, I was in Kiev at the time, uh, were saying like, hey, Irina, maybe you would consider going somewhere, you know, for a little while. Like you have a remote flexibility. Why not to just travel somewhere to, to be sure that you're safe? And I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. We're in Kiev. It's the capital of Ukraine. What do you say? Like, we're not going to have war here. Um, when the first bomb started to land, I understood the, the reality is quite different. Landing a great job opportunity is sometimes very challenging. Breaking into tech and getting hired as a sales rep can be even harder. When I was applying to my first sales jobs, I also struggled with the unknown. What to expect, what the tech industry was like, and how do I break in? After years of being an SDR myself, I've decided to build something I wish I had in the beginning. My name is Stefan, and in the SDR Hire podcast, I interview successful SDRs and salespeople who share their stories straight from the trenches. Learn how they got their first job offers, how they succeed every day in their roles, and what makes them stand out in their organizations. We all have what it takes. We just need someone to remind us of the opportunity and give us a better chance for success. Let's get your next STR gig. Hey, hey, welcome back to the STR Hire podcast. I'm your host, Stefan, and this is a place where you can learn from top producing sales development representatives, what it's like working in tech sales, how do you break in, what do companies look for, and how to succeed as an SDR all for free. Today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Irina, currently working as a BDR at a company called Oyster. Oyster is one of the big players in the remote workspace, helping folks get hired globally wherever they live. Irie and I know each other from my short time back at Lemlist, but she's been in the business development world for quite some time. She's done everything from marketing a beauty and wellness business to crypto business development. I'm super excited to get to hear her full story. So Irie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me in. Nice intro, thank you. <laughs> okay, I was I was kind of on the edge there. Am I am I saying the right things? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, you did actually. That's that's even a fun part of it that you mentioned the beauty service. That was hell of an experience. When I when I described that in short, I was like, imagine I'm doing everything from setting up these solar panels on the roof with the guy helping him to measure it from, you know, uh, to going and doing the go-to-market research and uh, actually, you know, doing some useful stuff when it comes to the beauty. So, yeah. Uh, that's what we call resourceful, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what it, we call liquidity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, I think those are the traits that everybody wants to have on their team, especially when it comes to sales, because, I mean, You've been around, you know, you know what it takes. Um, so let's just start with, you know, these uh, initial moments, how you started, you know, what your entry ticket was to this world of uh, tech sales and business development. Yeah, they, uh, I think the entry was at the point of the switch, actually, in blog.co. So I was hired there as as an intern, marketing intern in the beginning, then switched to the role itself. And uh, 
things went by and it happened in the team that was, there was a space at the sales team. So at the time, my manager, shout out to George, he was like, Irina, you have uh, good soft skills and communication skills. Why don't you try out? Like we, we have Christiana, she was my partner in crime who was, you know, covering the marketing side. Like we have it covered. Don't worry, like you can try out the sales part. And uh, this was my first um, templated uh, LinkedIn pitches to people, you know, and, uh, you know, those bulky emails and all of these things that all SDRs are doing in their first steps. Um, but yeah, I am super, super thankful for that experience as well, because I learned a lot. Um, didn't bring much results, unfortunately, but yeah, then, uh, then I don't know, everything that happened in my life kind of happened at the very right time. So then uh, my friend of a friend reached out and uh, she said, we're looking for BDRs. And then uh, she said it actually to a friend of mine. So then he reached out and he's like, hey, there is an open position at Lemlist. I didn't know what Lemlist was. So it's just like starting, you know, to, to Google it. Um, so then uh, we had an interview with Nadia and all of the things when it comes to okay. the first basic yeah, at Lemlist. I, I, I want to talk about Lemlist, uh, uh, you know, as a separate as a separate topic. So uh, let me just let me just recap. So you were uh, uh, go to market slash um, interior designer for a beauty <laughs> slash recruiter <laughs> slash whatever you call it. Yeah, resourceful employee. <laughs> there we go. Um, which has led afterwards to getting an internship at Block Block.co, which is Block basically. Yeah. And uh, a crypto company, something, something. They are, it's around the blockchain uh, thing. So they don't like when you actually, uh, you know, uh, make put an equal sign with uh, the crypto and blockchain. blockchain. All by itself as a separate technology. Uh, things short, we were securing documents on the blockchain, um, mm -hmm. which is a very secure way. And it has a lot of implication in many industries. Um, so this is how I entered the world of, uh, you know, blockchain technology and after that crypto as well, because it goes very closely and then, yeah, uh, things happen and I transferred to a um, just like when I finished my master's, it was all in parallel, very hectic, but yeah, it was. <laughs> Isn't it always right? So you then like through a referral you got in touch with Nadia who was leading the biz dev team uh, sales team at Lemless at the time and can you walk us through what that experience looked like so uh, getting hired the interview process how long did it take was it hard were you scared um and and then like the the early days just kind of to to um yeah go through that yeah, sure. Um, just a quick question. Uh, are we going to go through all of the experiences? So the Limless both and Oyster as well? Yes, yeah. actually. Yeah. Just... That, that's something I didn't prepare for, but awesome. Okay, let's do it. No, <laughs> when things started uh, with Limless, um, it was a very interesting process because one, as you mentioned, it was peripheral, which didn't happen before. Um, number two, it was super quick. Uh, so we had one interview with Nadia, uh, we vibed, and then we had another interview with G, and uh, then the stars aligned, and I got hired as a BDR at Limlist. So it was 
pretty pretty quick process only two interviews and then um you know the onboarding was also very quick um i was actually watching the interview with elizaveta uh so you know throwing into the waters is approach of i think many startups um nowadays so that you get as many skills as you know you learn by and nadia was you know um very good mentor in terms of uh, giving the responsibility uh and also giving the important resources and number three leading by example because i learned a ton from her um just by you know uh, mirroring shadowing and doing all of these things i kind of got the grip of how to do it and then we had awesome teammates also simon and marwan who was also very helpful um and yeah this is how it started hey can you do you remember perhaps um some of the interview questions at least with nadia or or maybe g hmm that's or was it just was it just like a, a regular normal interview where you just had a chat or you know was there anything specific what i'm trying to kind of find is uh, some questions that might uh, be useful to know the answers to for our audience yeah i actually um to be very honest, don't remember the questions that Nadia was asking, um, but I remember that I prepared a big uh, list of notes before I joined the interview. And this is something that I did every time when I was joining any company. I love to do my research and I think that is what was helpful um because i learned all ins and outs of the lemlist blog which kind of uh, you know icp they're going after who are the biggest clients uh, what are their things that they really like to promote and you know the the differences um in different products so when i mentioned lemworm and i kind of understood how it's working i think there was a feeling um that nadia understood that i'm i'm doing my research and i'm here to you know bring as much value as I can. And the mission was very aligned with me. I remember there was a LEM mantra, um, which I learned uh, by heart at that time. And it was very, it resonated well with me. So when I mentioned that, I think we also kind of, you know, clicked and understood that we're on the same track there. Nice, nice. I think that what actually happened there is that you understood the culture and the vibe of the company you showed that on the interview whatever they 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 were and you know because sometimes companies have like three four five seven steps sometimes it's just a couple of steps depending on the situation and the candidate but what happened there is actually you know you vibed with the the, the hiring managers you vibe with the culture you understood what was needed and it was a natural fit so kudos on that yeah, yeah. yeah. One question, though, I do remember now as we go back to it is uh, Nadia asked, what is the approach that you like to take when it comes to discoveries, for example? Um, to be honest, I didn't do any discoveries in my previous role. Um, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that to her, but what I did mention is that I genuinely want to bring value. So really going in depth in understanding what brought people to the point of you know discovering a solution um is is the main key thing with the discovery there and um yeah i would like to bring value through it so i will dig as as deep as possible to understand that and how we can solve it and then 
I will be showing, you know, the product and how it can fix their problem, which is something that, uh, you know, she she understood is is relevant. This is how things were done and are done right now at Lemnis. So yeah, I think that was also, you know, one of the key things there. Very important. I love that. Um, and the fact that you, that's, that's what I'm saying. You understood the, the culture, you understood the way they were doing sales and you basically shared that value with, uh, with the company, which is, which is more than cool. Awesome. So th that's kind of where you and I met. Um, and you were, by the way, a very cool teammate. Um, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to work uh, longer together, but no, for real, you were very helpful uh, in my in my first short couple of months there. But um, um, okay, so you 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 left Lemlist, you went to Oyster. Uh, I'm curious to just understand like. Did you reach out to them? Did they headhunt you? Um, what did that look like? And what did, did the interview process look like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was an interesting story as well. First time I got headhunted, um, uh, like, you know, in, a, in an interesting way, because um, when I was preparing, I actually remembered that a recruiter sent me an email that somehow caught my eye. Um, there was something about it a little bit personalized as well, um, some relevant information that you would like to know as a candidate uh, when even considering, you know, something like a switch. And uh, yeah, uh, it started there. So I was hunted. And then after that, we had an interview with that uh, recruiter. I started to ask too many detailed questions at the time. She understood that I'm already in depth, you know, trying to explore. So she just answered yeah, I think we're a good fit and uh, you're just going to ask all of those questions to your manager or future to be manager, you know, and I'm sure he he's going to get all of the answers for you because I'm just, you know, trying to see if we're a fit here. So, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. That, that's very interesting. So that's uh, an outside recruiter, like a, an agency? A that, third was party? A partner. that was a partner that Oyster was working at the time. Um, and yeah, they were doing part of the recruiting for people who didn't apply themselves, for example. Got it. Got it. Uh, that's something that happened to me as well. I got, I, I can't remember, a recruiter reached out to me about a specific position. And I, I think I kind of scared the person away with just the in-depth questions that I was asking, which was exactly what you did, which was like, you know, okay, uh, how does your team, you know, uh, make comp plans and stuff like that? <laughs> and the guy was like, um, I think those are the questions like better suited for a manager or at the company. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, um, okay. So how did that look like uh, going forward? So you had uh, another conversation with your future manager. Did it take too long to get an offer? Like what did that look like? There, it was quite a long process uh, compared to what I had before. Um, so the first one was the interview with the recruiter. After that, I had an interview with my manager, uh, Stefanos. After that, I had an assignment that I had to complete. Um, we can go a little bit more in depth into that if you're curious. After that, there was a chat with our director of sales in EMEA. And after that, we had a recap chat with uh, Stefanos to reflect on the whole process, uh, see where we stand. And then after that, I got an offer. Okay, so that was like four or five-ish steps. Yeah. And then what, what's the timeline there? Like, uh, sounds like a month and a half, maybe. 
so yeah, if uh, to put all of the things together, because uh, it was quite separate, I didn't take the offer right away. Um, so yeah, um, pretty much if to put all of that together, it was like one month, approximately one month and a half. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, still, it's fairly quick. There are some instances where, where those things take even longer. But I am interested in, uh, in your experience with the assessment part, which is something I really want to surface in these episodes. Um, what was the assessment? Yeah, definitely. So the assessment was, um, it was a PDF file where pretty much um, there was a company prospect, um, a company which is a prospect and uh, the name was given uh, and then I had, you know, to complete and fill in the rest of the blanks, which were uh, which kind of uh, target I will get um, and who I'm going to go after. Let me actually go through notes here. I hope you can cut it um, because I prepared it and I wanted to tell you about it, it was interesting. Nice. We got um, our first screen share. Yeah, ah, you want to see the document itself? I can send uh, no, it. I, I, yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought you were going to share it. No, all good, all good, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, yeah, it would be it would be often awesome if you can share like uh, at yeah. least the the essence of it or like what was the task. I mean, I can assume it was probably something like you know finding the information about the prospect, finding whether they would be a good fit, like what their ICP is or something like that. Like, do, right? Yeah, I can I can share the document if you're interested. I can even show the initial research that I've done. It was the so the idea was that I had a company that I had to do the cold outreach for, and then I had to find the compelling events based on which I'm gonna reach out to them, um, as well as the personas and departments. I had to clearly outline who those people gonna be, put their names, links, etc um explain the reason of why i would be reaching out to them um and what would happen in case they would not answer so it's like kind of a backup plan uh, over there as well together with the cadence itself which kind of channels i'm going to leverage what is the messaging going to look like um and how i'm going to wrap it up so pretty much the regular things that you do as a bdr on a daily basis and i think it gives a good understanding of the way candidates think uh, the way they do the research, is it in-depth or is it uh, too shallow, you know, to provide mm -hmm. value, uh, when you are doing the cold outreach and to see which kind of um, communication they have with the prospect. What is your style of the outreach? How do you approach them? How much do you personalize? How much value do you bring, um, et cetera? And yeah, thanks to Limlist and all of the things that, uh, you know, have been learned through, through that process, um, I knew a bit. So I could I could show that uh, during you, the assignment. You knew enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Stefano said you smashed it as expected, Irina. So when we're gonna set up the call with our director? So I think it was okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love it. So what do you think was the reason why you smashed? Not not meaning like okay, you've had your previous experience, but um, so you you went pretty deep in the prospecting part like like what, what is your secret there what, what can we send as a message to our listeners like how do they smash their application process whether it be oyster or somewhere else hey there i wanted to let you in on a couple of additional resources available other than the podcast and the social media content 
So I recently started a newsletter where I break down the best pieces of advice from the podcast about getting hired, how to be a top performing sales rep into actionable nuggets that you can apply literally as soon as you read them. And in addition, if you're currently looking for an SDR role, you can fill out a form to let me know and I'll do my best to help put you in front of tech companies hiring for SDRs. All right, back to the show. This is one thing that Nadia actually taught me and it's stuck in my head um, until now I'm leveraging it. She told me, Irina, you have to put yourself in the shoes of that person. I know it sounds, uh, you know, generic or a lot of people say that, but it's actually not when you go through this process. Because if you are putting yourself in their shoes and you do realize that, hey, they just gonna get an email from a random person, probably on their phone, they're gonna see only the first line there, you know, um, you have, 10 seconds on the cold call, you have two, three seconds of them looking at their phone or scrolling through their inbox that is bursting with emails. Um, so how do you make it interesting? How do you spark interest there? And after the open and actually pay attention to it, how do you show, you know, the, the relevance there? So putting yourself in their shoes is going to help you to understand what are the things they are looking for. Um, how could you possibly uh, grab their attention and how could you possibly, based on their uh, job description, bring them value? So what are their KPIs? What are their goals? What are they looking at on a daily basis, on the long-term basis? Um, and this is all kind of being gathered to the points of the research that you're doing and the things that you're sending out to them. Beautiful. That's exactly what I was hoping to hear. Awesome. So now that we've kind of covered how you smashed your interview and how you opened yourself uh, the doors at Oyster, I'm just curious to hear more about the company. So uh, what's it all about? Like Oyster is one of the you know big, uh, I mean, you're going to tell us about it, but one of the big, you know, remote work companies, I, I actually love these types of companies. Um, so I'm, I'm very much curious about like what the company is. Um, how big it is and what's your part in it, meaning like your your ICP that you're going after and, and stuff like that. So definitely. So Oyster, as you mentioned in the beginning, and you put it very well, will help companies hire um, in 180 countries all over the world. And uh, what we actually do for you um, is that you can easily hire, pay and care so that, that those parts are covered as well for your employees and build a really global team. And I like to put it in a way that, you know, we're kind of your HR team slash legal on steroids because we are taking out all of those hassles of you navigating the complicated labor law. It can be really troublesome to establish a legal entity in the new country. There are so many things and intricacies over there, um, which is something that is keeping companies, you know, from becoming a really truly global one. So instead of, you know, creating barriers, we are eliminating those barriers and allowing you to do that easily. And okay. uh, yeah, this is in 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 a nutshell what we do. And when it comes to our ICP. Um, it depends on a case-by-case -case basis. So actually, as we go higher in the market, so, you know, the entry, the mid and the SMBs, there are different personas from, from the research that we found out because we need to think from the standpoint who is dealing with HR at, you know, the entry stage. That's 
that's usually the CEO. So if a company is less than 80 people or so, we would usually target CEO as well in case they don't have an HR team um, and the CFO, for example, because they take care of the legal parts of the things. When we go a little bit mid-market, they usually will already have an HR team. They're going to have a recruiter. They're going to have a talent manager there. So pretty much those are the folks uh, who we would be most of help to. And as we go higher, there will be, of course, VP of uh, VP of uh, HR or VP of people. Uh, there are so many different titles right now. You know, people like to be flexible with it. So pretty much we're trying to understand who is keeping the focus on the employees, on the legal aspects of the things, who is taking care of the compliance. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, there is a lot of titles that you can go after, but you need to really come back to that advice take a standpoint of the company, you know, and understand who are the guys who are playing, uh, you know, in the game when it comes to the employees, um, legal finance, et cetera, payroll as well. Got it. Uh, very, very interesting. Are you uh, kind of targeting all three verticals, meaning like SMB, mid-market and enterprise, uh, but in a specific geography or like how is that divided? So our team is pretty big. Uh, we have, I think, around 50 people um, in the sales team, including BDRs, account executives, um, um, and, uh, you know, the... Customer success. Customer success, yeah. Um, so pretty much all of those guys. When it comes to split, we have the split in the territories. Uh, so I'm right now, for example, in Dach, in Benelux, and in Nordics. And other teammates are covering UK markets, um, uh, you know, Spain, and I'm actually bad with acronyms. I'm sorry. This is something that I need to uh, improve. But yeah, so we are divided by regions. Um, and the interesting part is that we are also paired up with an account executive for the territory. So when the opportunity comes and I generate it, I give it to my account executive who is working that territory together with me. Um, we found out that it gives more synergy and we are able to focus more in depth on the approach around the territory, how they like to be reached out. Um, you know, what are the channels that are the most efficient? What is the, even like the tonality uh, that they like to be approached with. Um, so this is actually very helpful. As well as when you have a colleague, uh, you know, from a standpoint of the prospect, when you introduce someone who is a little bit higher up, uh, they usually tend to be more interested, you know, in it. So we actually leverage that and it helps a lot. Plus on top of that, they do have more experience with the intricacies of the product. So definitely that is working well for us. Nice, nice. Uh, how did you call them significant events or something like that? Like, I, I assume I would call them triggers. So what are your triggers to find like companies that are open to this remote culture? Yeah, I have uh, set up already a pretty, you know, um, extensive yet efficient process of uh, prospecting the company. And the first thing that I check is what are the roles open in the company? How many people are, of course, um, the trigger event would be hiring, of course. And if I see there a remote position, that's, you know, a gold over there. Thank you. Yeah, um, it doesn't happen that, you know, often sometimes, uh, especially now when we see layoffs, people tend to, you know, um, 
feel a little bit more secure when it comes to the strategy that worked well for them. And usually what worked well for them is hiring people in the countries where their offices are based. Um, but another thing that we're trying to educate prospects on is that actually now is the time when you need to cut costs to tap into new territories. And this is you know, another thing to see. If the company is hiring only in one market, so then for me, it's also a good prospect because in case I establish good relationship with them, um, I can show them a way how to cut their costs and not ex like expect the hiring freezes, you know, over there during the tough times. So this is another thing I pay attention to. And then, of course, I check out the, the potential bleeds, uh, you know, with the titles that I already mentioned before. And I just add them on the relevant cadence. <laughs> Nice. Uh, you said something interesting, which is creating a relationship with those folks. So what is your approach to creating those relationships? Like, do you start with a LinkedIn message or like, do you try to engage their content maybe on social media or like, what do you do to establish relationships? Because I think that's uh, a lot harder uh, done than, than said, a lot easier said than done, right? Definitely easier said than done um here it's important also not to lose track of the scalability of your approach um so what i usually do is i prioritize the tiers of accounts um if i see someone is hiring remotely uh right away that's a hot account uh yeah if i i research of course a little bit more in depth but i understand they are a perfect fit for us so I would um, personalize more over there um, when it comes to the case-by-case -case basis where when it's hybrid or maybe they have a remote position or, or but only in the country where they're hiring, that would be you know a warm um, account. And then people who are hiring only in one country, that would be cold. Not because you know it's not gonna convert, but it's just the amount of the effort that I'm gonna put when it comes to personalizing to them. Um, and yeah, basically by prioritizing the tiers, I then understand how I will build my relationship with them. Um, and for that, I have both automated cadences and I have super uh, personalized and I have somewhere the mix of both. Um, answering your question, I like to start really like connecting with people on LinkedIn, of course, that's the easiest way. If I see that they're active, if they are posting content, etc., that's the easiest way to connect. And I think we definitely, as BDR, should leverage that. Um, coming with a genuine interest to read their post, comment on it, uh, that's usually helpful and that's usually giving the result. But it doesn't mean that, you know, by sending um, a cold email and maybe adding a small PS, if I notice something is not going to also do the trick. So um, it's just important to prioritize because you cannot personalize for everyone. You cannot spend 1 million hours on LinkedIn as much as you would like to, you're going to burn out. And there is important, uh, you know, thing to balance out uh, the priority and see for who you need to do that personalization. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that was insightful, I think, very much because um, um, I actually, I had a post yesterday uh, that it went sort of viral. Um, <laughs> it was about like differences between US and EMEA uh, SDR doing doing sales development in like these countries and so uh, do you include cold calls as well uh, in your cadences or just uh, doing outreach via like LinkedIn or an email? 
Oh yeah, I do use cold calls. Surprisingly, that's actually a very nice channel. Um, nice. I was opposed to it before. I was shit scared to cold call to people. Um, when I first got my prospect, you know, who was angry with me from the GDPR and like, where did you get my personal phone number and things like that? I was shocked, but when I overcame that, you know, and managed to send her an opt-out link and we actually had a four-minute conversation of me listening to her having a bad day and being harassed and someone put her phone there, um, we we actually, unfortunately, I didn't bring that up. Yeah, it would be a nice ending of the story, but uh, no, I just overcame the fear of cold calling. I understand that there are people who are real they are being interrupted during their day you know and you never know when at this point of their day you're gonna call so come there with compassion and um yeah i do leverage cold calls i can talk more awesome. about it or less whatever you and want. all good all good all good i was just i was just curious because there are some organizations that are leveraging cold calls less there are some that are leveraging more um there are some who leave their strs to decide what the best channel is as long as their their quota is a thing um okay cool cool to know what the process looks like at oyster now speaking of oyster um about month and a half uh into your onboarding process things kind of changed um for our audience uh Irie is from ukraine and so i was curious if you could tell us uh, what that process looked like a process like how that looked like um for you when you know the war broke out you just started working at oyster um you know what did that feel for you and what you know how did you manage uh both on the you know um side of your life as well as the side of your your work i mean i know i would be worried because i just started working at a company a month ago and all of a sudden you know i can't work i gotta like you know run for my life or, or something like that so i think that experience would be rich for us to hear yeah um so when the war started uh as you mentioned one month into the role i did not expect this is going to happen like all Ukrainians, I think. And the interesting thing is that my team, actually, when I was connecting with them, I was in Kiev at the time, uh, were saying like, hey, Irina, maybe you would consider going somewhere, you know, for a little while. Like you have a remote flexibility. Why not to just travel somewhere to, to be sure that you're safe? And I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. We're in Kiev. It's the capital of Ukraine. What do you say? Like, we're not going to have war here. Um, when the first bomb started to land, I understood the, the reality is quite different. And um, it was interesting to see how Oyster support me during this time. The whole team kind of took a step back to create a group of people who would support specifically Ukrainian employees um, on this matter. So we had a specifically dedicated Slack channel to check up on all of the Ukrainians, um, to make sure they're safe, to offer them any kind of support that they need. In my case, that was um, my manager and my director of sales uh, who just you know communicated and offered to support me with perhaps living, you know, just, um, provide for a couple of weeks, some kind of a shelter, rental, Airbnb, whatever. 
um, which which I didn't use at the time, but it showed uh, a lot of care. And when I was, of course, there was no uh, kind of, you know, questions about me taking time off as many, as much time off as I needed to get myself out of the country and make sure my family is safe was given to me. And uh, then when I was driving, because I drove like 1,500 kilometers in a matter of two days without sleep, you know, all of that time, because I was driving behind the wheel, I couldn't really, and the connection was bad. It, the, the lines were uh, just uh, exploding from everyone trying to call each other. So my manager created the WhatsApp channel where we would communicate and I would give updates on what is happening. And so that they can also help me out. Um, things ended well. Uh, we ended up with my family in Slovakia um, and, you know, I got hired in a matter of a month uh, being, you know, a legal employee paying tax to Slovakia. So they're happy and I'm happy as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, a testament to what Oyster does. You can actually get hired anywhere and companies can actually provide that flexibility. Uh, no matter what, if they are open-minded, you know, and they're ready to take that step, there are many people who are open to opportunities and why not to take, you know, that talent elevated and make your company grow. Yep. Yep. Um, it's hard to, like, I, I usually try to uh, have uh, uh, very uh, comments and like uh, try to sound smart uh, when whenever people talk to me, but like, I don't think there's a lot to say. I'm, I mean, I am terribly sorry. I mean, you're my friend. I, I'm sorry that you had to go through those things. And um, to all the uh, people who have been hit by the war, I, I really, I really like, um, you know, feel for you. Hopefully this will, this craziness will end soon. But, you know, in the end, I'm just glad you came through, uh, you know, unharmed, more or less. And it's a really awesome testament to what your company actually is able to do. Because you, you know, even if you had any doubt that the product is actually what you were selling it to be, um, you know, that doubt has been uh, taken away. Yeah, wiped out. It got wiped out, uh, honestly. Yeah. And you can imagine the loyalty that I have to Oyster after all of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tough story. So um, I'm, I'm glad we kind of said it because I think these, these things need to be said. Um, okay, and so you are currently in Slovakia, hired by Oyster, uh, Oyster's entity in Slovakia, right? That's how the, the product works. Oh, yeah, we do have uh, entities in 180 plus countries. We do have a hybrid model, though. Sometimes we're working through the partner who has a little bit more expertise on the market, um, just so our customers are also happy. You know, if we would just open up an office um, right away, we wouldn't know uh, all of that expertise that we have to know. So that's why it's a hybrid model of nice. sometimes we have a direct legal entity. Sometimes we're working with a partner. But on the side of the customer, the oyster is the main point of contact. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. And I think this is something that might be very interesting to a lot of people in our audience, which is like, can they leverage something like Oyster to get hired remotely anywhere in the world for any company or like, how does that work? 
Hey everyone, I started SDR Hire in the first place to help as many of you as I can to land your next job, become better at sales, and just help you propel your career. So if you're finding value in this content and you know somebody who would benefit from it, please share it with them. Tag them in a post, send them via text, share it wherever you share stuff with your community. As always, all of this is completely free and is here to help everyone succeed. So your recommendation goes a long way. I appreciate you and let's get back to the show. We actually do have um, a program for remote employees uh, it's called oyster academy and those are the courses for both employees and um, employers who would like to level up their remote working game so go check out that resource i can leave a link and you can add it in the comments just to make yourself remote ready to know you know all of the tools all ins and outs of remote working how to um, balance your life out because it's quite different from what is happening with the office as well um, there are a lot of things that you need to know navigate so just so you're ready before your next remote role um, you can check out that course and we also I think not sure um, where this resource is I'm going to share it with you um, it's a deck where you can actually present to the CEO of the company you know the way of how you can get hired remotely so this is something that you can for example leverage on your next interview if uh, you know, there is no remote position. You can give this opportunity or food for thought, you know, to that company and open up a way for them. Uh, not just so you get hired, but that other people out there uh, can get a chance to work. Yep. Remotely. remotely, definitely. I think that's a very important thing to do. I mean, the education part, because I think, and I, I've heard this from a lot of people, um, there is a lot of opportunities missed out there just because of the geographic distance between the the candidate and the company who is hiring. And maybe companies just don't know that there is an option for them to hire somebody from somewhere um, outside of their, you know, HQ country. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, please go ahead. You, you look like... No, no, I just said exactly. You, you said it right. Nothing to add. Perfect. Um, so, Ira, you you've been through a lot of shit, and like you know, you were very. I would say you were very successful. Obviously, you mentioned before we started recording, you said that, that like the only thing you actually could do to kind of take your mind off of things was um, kind of do your job and just prospect and yeah. and play. Um, and but still, like you you are successful so i'm just curious like what do you think is the the thing that is making you successful where does that drive come from i think that actually comes from um the possibility to motivate myself and every time that motivation comes from new places uh, because i do believe that sales is a roller coaster always you you get you know it's it's a roller coaster of demand and no demand so when the things get tough the tough gets going and i would add to this uh you know the tough needs to know how to get going um so i try to spark a motivation some kind of interest uh in what i do and I think it's a little bit too generic as well, but uh, trying to find motivation from approach of other people is something that is sparking interest um, in me personally. Nice, nice, very good. So um, can you perhaps share uh, a 
story that you know the, of a time when you booked a meeting um, in a creative way, for example? That's a good question. I actually was thinking about it, and I think the most creative thing I done is not that creative. It's a video. Um, but I usually try to make them uh, really personalized. It usually takes me a lot of time. Uh, and as I mentioned before, there is a lot of in-depth research. Uh, but yeah, I sent I sent a video to the prospect. She replied a month after, you know, the cadence finished even. And she was like, I'm so sorry, I wasn't leave. I didn't even see your messages. Like, it's sort of nice, you know, the whole approach that you did. Uh, let's please schedule a meeting and catch up because you know that's that's the best thing that I've seen when it comes to the personalized outreach. Um, I know it's perhaps not super creative. I didn't, you know, uh, catch a prospect on a WhatsApp message or maybe like found them somewhere outside. Um, but yeah, this is this is I think the the most interesting thing. Very cool. Okay. Um, so like we've heard your your past we know your present but um what you, what is a message that you would send to yourself uh, for like in the next three to five years like your future self you made me think um i don't know i i like to live in the moment i don't like to think about my future self to be honest with you um one thing that war taught me is that and anything can change in a matter of an hour and you never know what's going to happen with you in the future the only thing that i know is right now and how much um, passion and energy i put in every single day because the next day might not come so if I would say something to my future self, I would say the same thing. You never know, like the, the future is not granted. Tomorrow is not granted. Continue living your life to the fullest. Very, very powerful message. Thank you. And then you can even tell us um, what, what one thing that you, you would have liked to have known before you started as an SDR, since you uh, know what for that one. Yeah, I'm ready for that one, though. I would say to myself, um, just know that the SDR role and sales in general are actually going to help you to tap into your self-confidence. Mm. So, um, I didn't know how much it will help me disassociate, you know, with people's opinions and their negative feedback because um, it's important to know when you start uh, that the results of your work are not you. And I think a lot of people are struggling to separate it and that's why they're taking it very close to the heart, hearing every no, no thank you, remove me from your cadence or even fuck you over the phone. Like it's not a testament to you you know um they might just have a bad day um so i i would definitely send myself that message um before i would start <laughs> a very cool message um that's like detaching from the outcome and just not caring what the person on the other side of the phone really thinks of you because they don't 
that's that's a cool message okay uh let's get into the rapid questions uh here we've got seven of them and then we can wrap up you ready yes you're cheating again <laughs> so i think you're the first person who's actually come prepared uh, with the, the answers already i get so sidetracked with my own thoughts that i have to have the notes and the structure <laughs> fair enough fair enough okay uh what would you say is the best sdr learning resource best sdr learning resource for me actually three i'm sorry i know you're asking for one all things gone that's number one place that I do like to check out. Um, the second one would be Prospectors Attractor Guide by Charlotte Johnson. And the third one, uh, JB On Demand Webinars. Love it. That's a very rich list. Okay. Uh, what do you think in your mind is the best SDR skill? I think it's resilience. It's uh, being able to keep calm and carry on. I love it. Uh, what is the best or the favorite SDR creator to follow? Uh, for me, they're changing constantly. At the moment, it's Charlotte Johnson, um, also Will Aitken, um, Kyle Coleman, but like a lot of them at the moment is Charlotte because her, her tips and tricks are really helping me out a lot. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. What is your favorite SDR channel? So... Oh, um, SDR channel, my SDR channel, which I love the most is email, I think, email. Yeah, I mean, that's the question, like email, cold call, LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, what is your uh, favorite, in this case, email opener? Maybe you can share the cold call as well. So for the cold call, my favorite one is uh, Will Aitken's approach. It helped me up a lot. So he was actually offering to try out to open a call this way. Hey, Steph, um, I've been doing some research on Steph.io and I noticed a couple of things that can be of help. Uh, would you mind if I run ideas by you? Or you can also leverage in a way, hey, Steph, I was doing some research on Steph.io and um, would you mind helping me out a bit? So just leaving it at that, uh, prospect gets curious, like, what do I have to help you out with? You know, like, which kind of research you were doing? What's going on there? And people like to be helpful. So they usually are like, uh, you know, I can I can help. What's this about? Uh, <laughs> and then the conversation starts. But if I like to be a little bit more direct and explain the research right away, it's just like, hey, I have these ideas. Please listen out to me. If it's not relevant, you can always hang out. Yeah, we can go our separate ways. The email, though, that would be, of course, a personalized intro line. And that's always different. You cannot, you know, create this simple simple one that's going to apply for everyone. That's that's right. Lemless style, right? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what is your favorite call to action? Um, my favorite call to action is based on the interest. I think um, it's it's the nicest one without being too pushy. Um, I would say I actually love the one from Vuk. Um, Vuk is uh, an ex uh, head of marketing at uh, head of marketing and growth at Lemlist. So he was asking you game, you game. Like I I just love it. It's amazing. I don't put it in my cadences now because no on games you know at oyster but uh when it comes to something a little bit more actionable your game sounds just amazing i think i would leverage it somewhere need to try that 
Uh, you know, just uh, interested to explore this because it's really open-ended uh, when it comes to the ideas that it can give to them, explore. There are so many yep. things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for the final question, what is your favorite tech sales acronym? PDR? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tricky question. Like, what are the tech sales acronyms? Tell me. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's literally an insane amount of them. That's why I asked this question. Everybody has a different one. For example, I had, um, hopefully, yeah, his episode should be should be out. You could take like SQL. Uh, you can take like uh, end of day EOD, right? You can you can okay. take like SaaS. You can take like, uh, I mean, there's literally like an insane amount of these these acronyms. Like you can just play around with them and yeah. it will yeah, I'm bad with acronyms, that's why. But I think that would be an op then. Like uh -huh. an op is just an amazing thing. Love yeah. it. Every time that it comes in, just the dopamine level goes up. So let it be an op. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Okay. So it's an op, op as an opportunity. So whenever you see op, you you hear a kaching sound in your in your head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. awesome. Hey, this was this was amazing. I, I am I, I love catching up with you. It was it was too long. I think we should catch up more often. Um, but I'm very happy that your you know your career is progressing and that your time at Oyster is 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 awesome. That you're safe. Uh, that you look great. So uh, it's been a pleasure seeing you again. It's been a huge pleasure. Love catching up with you. Always gives me nice ideas as well. Thank you for. Um, inviting me and I really like the things that you're doing for BDRs, SDRs, sales folks out there who are starting off their career or maybe even just thinking about it. It opens a uh, you know, door for them to explore if uh, this podcast would be available when I was back at block.co. I think I would learn a lot from it. Yeah. That's the idea. Um, so I actually, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. I will. And I thank you. And um, yeah, I started this basically with the with having myself in my mind of the time when I was starting out and not knowing shit about anything. Um, and it's not like I was missing skills. I was really missing the understanding of what the role actually is. And I think, you know, or at least I try to portray what the role is through having these conversations so um yeah uh again uh, i thank you very much um i'll talk to you soon and i'll see you around thank you for tuning in to the sdr hire podcast the only podcast exclusively focused on sdrs where successful salespeople share about their hiring stories and sales adventures straight from the trenches if you found this useful, go ahead and share it with someone else you know is trying to break into tech or land their next SDR gig. You can find SDR Hire on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and catch you in the next episode.